Hi guys, welcome back to Yappy Hour, a podcast about navigating the waters of young adulthood through discussion of pop culture, existential crises, and self-reflection. I'm Kat. I'm Leah. And I'm Mia. And today we're going to be talking about relationships, which is something that everyone goes through, something that is not new as young working professionals, but definitely has changed over the course of our lives. Um, So to start off, we're just going to establish our current relationship statuses which is that we're all in relationships right now so I've been with my boyfriend for three years and it's been quite a while um it's interesting because he's two years younger so I feel like we've been going through life and its stages at different times so I graduated two years before he did and I've been working since then and he has just graduated and now that he's working it's kind of like I'm watching him go through everything that I've been through Um, So it's almost like watching a little brother go through life, but you know, it's kind of weird to say about my boyfriend, but that's kind of the truth of it. I am also in a relationship. I am in the beginning stages. Some would think of we've been dating for about nine months and I met him through Kat. Thank you, Kat. You're welcome. (laughs) And we met after college, so a couple years into the workforce. And it was definitely like interesting dating someone who's also working. I think there's that balance, um, but it's been working out for us. So I'm also in a relationship. I've been with my current boyfriend for five and a half years, so it's been a hot sec. Um, we started dating when we were in college. We went to different colleges, though, um, and we sort of have grown through college and now post-college, and we're both following our respective careers to the best of our ability. All of us are in relationships right now, but they were not our first relationships. Um, so a little rundown of our well, past experience. Hold up, well, oh, actually. All right. <laughs> Technically, he is my first, like, first real relationship. Okay, so how do you define a real relationship? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Because for me, so for, I've used dating apps quite a bit throughout college. Like, that was my first kind of introduction into dating just because I think I'm fairly shy. And so when those were on the rise in college, it was easy for me to turn to that venue and that kind of platform for dating. So I feel like there are kind of experiences or brief relationships I've had that I would define as relationships. Um, But I don't know. Do you think you've had some before your current boyfriend, Mia? Um, I mean, I definitely went on dates and like hooked up with other people in college, but I wasn't in an established like he is my boyfriend introduction until him. So I would categorize him as like my only real relationship in the sense that like he's the only person that like I've introduced as my boyfriend, has met my family, has met my friends, etc. And for me, I've actually never been on a date. I've always just... Like, I've had dates with my boyfriends, but I've never had a date with a boy before he was my boyfriend, if that makes sense. Or at least when we went on dates before we started dating, it was pretty much established we were going to end up together. It wasn't like, I'm dating you to get to know you. I had already known them, so it was it was kind of a sure thing already. Um, but before I started dating my current boyfriend, I had a previous relationship for almost two years. And then in high school, I had a few boyfriends, but... I wouldn't say they were anything serious. They lasted like, you know, maybe two, three months. It wasn't it wasn't particularly heartbreaking when we broke up or anything. It wasn't traumatic. Um, it was very casual. It was just those kind of boyfriends you have because you have class together. And honestly, when the semester ended and we stopped seeing each other, I was like, all right, I think I think it's time to just break up. I'm not going to see you in class every day anymore. I kind of want to go back to defining or at least in our own words what a 
relationship is in our eyes because I think that's kind of an interesting question because I think it is different to everyone. And so there's those people that you maybe have had an experience with that might not have viewed your interaction as a relationship. Um, so for me personally, I think like, okay, I guess it de depends on relationship. I mean, there's boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. That's one. But then there's also the relationship that you have, like just interacting and being romantic with someone. I think that's not a label, but I think it is a relationship. And so I kind of view relationships as like people that you are romantic with exclusively, whether or not you're both label it, um, and that you share like certain parts of your life with, like that you don't share with everyone. So that's kind of my perception of a relationship even with friends too, just kind of that baseline. I think exclusivity is probably like key to it. Like I would never consider the people that I was like hooking up with as relationships because like they weren't exclusive. So I think exclusivity is probably the core of what would define a relationship for me. Like you're not hooking up with other people. Do you think the label has to be there for it to be a relationship in other people's eyes? I think it just makes it easier when you're introducing that person. Like, how how would you introduce the person you have a relationship with without saying this is my boyfriend? Like, hey, this is my <laughs> special friend. <laughs> I actually had a friend who uh, she was hooking up with this guy and he didn't want to put a label on it. So he literally went up to her mom during um, an event and said, hey, I'm I'm your daughter's special friend. And she was like, um, don't go around telling people that. <laughs> So Kat, you briefly talked about your past dating experience and Mia, um, you also talked about your experience with your current boyfriend and how you didn't really have anything too serious um, before that. And I kind of dived into how I use dating apps pretty <laughs> pretty frequently um, as, as a starting point for my dating career. Did you guys ever use apps? Where you, I mean, that was really popular when we started college just because Tinder was... Like, I remember first hearing about Tinder my freshman year, and then I just created one. I mean, I'm barely 18. I feel like that's the age you have to be. But I just started one as something to kill time almost, like, oh, let's validate my self-esteem almost. That was, like, my starting point. Did you guys ever use them or even any other apps? So I have not used one seriously. I think I downloaded it for, like, a day, and then I got a boyfriend shortly after, not through Tinder. So I was like, all right, got to delete this now. But I am very curious about it because I have heard a lot of success stories from these dating apps. And honestly, I feel like there are so many people out there. You're not going to be able to meet all of them. And dating apps is a great way to just kind of, you know, broaden that scope and find people that you probably wouldn't run into ever in your life if it were not for these apps. So I, I too use dating apps in, at the beginning of college because I like Leah was saying like I think that they blew like Tinder specifically blew up our freshman year where like everyone was asking like do you have a Tinder and I was like what is that and they were like oh it's it's a dating app and I was like oh that sounds sketch because like I feel like up until then all you had heard of is like plenty of fish and like eHarmony eHarmony yeah like so it had a bit of a negative connotation but for some reason Tinder didn't it was like more of a hookup app. So I use it just to like honestly feel good about myself. Like when people would swipe right on you, it was just like a bit of an ego booster and like you'd have like all these kind of meaningless conversations. But I mean, in college, it's like it's nice to have someone to talk to even if it's there's no pressure of ever seeing them, you know. So 
um, yeah, I definitely use them. But then, yeah, once I had met my boyfriend, then I I've, haven't been on them since. So I'd hope not, Mia. <laughs> Well, there was that one stint, remember, where he was, like, logged on to your to Tinder on your phone, and then I was like, why, why are you logged into Tinder? And apparently it was all a glitch, but we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> but I actually do think there's kind of that interesting distinction between our first experiences with dating apps and how that was, like, our perception first going into dating and kind of when we really seriously start dating, which is, I think in college, those are when you kind of form those more, those longer and more meaningful relationships. And then how and dating apps are still fairly prominent nowadays. Um, they're definitely more types out there. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of interested to explore how those have changed our perception of dating as young adults. Do we still turn to these apps or do we prefer meeting people more organically through mutual friends? things like that. So Kat, I know you mentioned you didn't previously use dating apps in college, but let's just say you're single now. Um, are dating apps something you'd consider or how would you go about in this day and age? I think dating apps probably wouldn't super be on my radar. I think that would be the case in college just because you're meeting so many people in college just, you know, through clubs, through your friends, through classes. But the more I get into the working life, the more I realize how much your social circle shrinks, which is what we talked about in our podcast about work and how hard it is to meet people. So I think meeting organically would be probably the ideal way because if someone knows that person, you know they're not some psycho killer or they don't have any weird quirks about them probably. But I think that using these apps is definitely a great way to – cast a wider net I wouldn't be opposed to it you guys make it sound pretty fun I think just having even just people to talk to maybe not necessarily meet up with when you're single like you have all the time in the world you might as well have all these online friends I don't know if you guys remember the days of Omegle oh my god chat, oh my chat god. roulette and Omegle those yeah. were the those, those got were, creepy real fast those were where you know there are sometimes child predators but there are sometimes funny people on it I don't know um, so I think apps are a great way to meet people in the working life, but you just, especially for girls, I would feel I have to be really cautious because you never know who you're going to meet out there. Um, I don't know. Are there, are there apps that show you if you have mutual friends or? Yes. I think nowadays there is this big idea of kind of getting rid of or minimizing that um, anonymity amongst profile users so I think that sometimes it, there is an emphasis on they have mutual friends um, they don't and it just kind of also provides an introduction to maybe ask about how they know it it's like a, a gateway into conversation okay I actually have a question now have either of you ever been catfished or known someone who's gotten catfished is it still catfished if I met them but they just weren't as attractive as I thought <laughs> Well, I want to hear that story now. <laughs> I just, I just um, swiped right and then met up for drinks. And I remember thinking, oh, he's really not bad in his photos. And then seeing him in person, I was like, uh, now I have to sit through two hours of drinks. You know, it's, it's so superficial. But I feel like because my experience, I was just honest. So before my current boyfriend, I actually 
had met everyone I've ever dated through an app. That's kind of how avid I was of a user. Um, So it was a very superficial mindset at the time, but that was just kind of all I knew. It was like my standard. What about you, Mia? So no, I've never been catfished, um, but there was like an instance where like I came close to catfishing someone unintentionally and like honestly there was no harm done, but um i remember freshman year like my tinder profile was super bare like i just i was creeped out of people knowing too much about me so like i only had photos of me in like group settings and so i guess it was unclear who i was and so i just remember the conversation with this gentleman um was just like get it just wasn't going where i wanted to go and i just like clearly wanted to end the conversation and like his last question to me was just like he sent me a screenshot of one of my group photos and was just like like, just tell me which one you are. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm that white girl on the right. And like, that wasn't me. And I was like, okay, bye. And I ended up just blocking him. But um, but that was it. And I, obviously, no harm, no foul. But like, he just definitely do- doesn't know who I am. Because I was just creeped out. And I was like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. So he thinks I'm this white girl now. Well, yeah. so if I ever end up on dating apps and I don't want someone to stalk me, I would just catfish them. That will be my plan. You can just have group photos of all of us, and then when you're ready for a date, we'll all show up. (laughs) Okay, I'm not sure about that. Me and my coworker actually made a Coffee Meets Bagel profile for our boss because he was single at the time. And he, whenever we heard about his dating life, it just seemed like things never worked out, and we thought, it's probably because your profile really sucks. So we went ahead and made him a profile on a platform he wasn't on yet. And whenever we would swipe for him, we would just realize that how much people needed our advice because so many girls out there took such bad photos at such bad <laughs> angles like they were blurry they use all group photos not not saying that's bad Mia you know if you want to avoid stalkers that's a good way but I couldn't tell who they were so why would I swipe right on them like if I don't know who they are or is it left I don't know I don't even remember how it works but yeah I just thought some people really need to put more effort into these pages maybe that's why they're not getting dates maybe it's because their profile is not good I don't know Damn cat, what happens to just be yourself online? Someone will like you for that that word art you put on your profile. Okay, I think we can all agree that dating apps are very superficial because you look at their picture and that's how you decide if you swipe right or left. But even though that is the case, that is kind of also the case for real life too. If someone is hating on you and they're not attracted to you, you're going to like write them off immediately. So I don't think people should shit on dating apps for being so superficial because we're just kind of all like that in real life, but we don't want to admit it. On the topic of dating apps, since you both have experience with it, I want to hear about your best and worst dates. I will start. I have had none. Okay, next. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have to take a second to think about best and worst dates outside of my current relationship because i think when you're <laughs> oh yeah this Wait, is why about, can't we hear about that no because i think that when you you've had bad dates in your current relationship <laughs> guys i think that when you're in a relationship it's kind of hard to think about past ones that you've had and so it's kind of just like things that have led up to my current relationship and i'm focused on my current relationship so i don't really think about my past dating experiences. Whereas if I were still single, still going on dates, it's easier to think, oh, I never want to have another date like this one I had the other day. So I just need need a, some, a couple minutes to think about outside of my current relationship. But I mean, you, you, Mia? you for sure have come home and I've asked about certain dates 
and and you were like, oh, it's terrible. Like he couldn't make eye contact or he didn't ask me any questions. That was always your biggest thing was like, if they didn't ask questions about you, like you would just question them the whole time. And that was like your biggest pet peeve, like when they didn't ask about you. I feel like I heard a handful of bad dates. Yeah, I think Mia recalls my dating history better than I do at this point. I don't know. I feel like I didn't. I don't have any like super like memorable bad dates. I mean, I definitely have like bad hookups. I mean, they're just bad hookups. Like you just like you meet up with someone late for no reason, and like you don't feel you don't walk away feeling good about yourself. The worst date that I always fall back on. He was very late. Like we had plans maybe for five thirty, and at like five twenty, I get a text. Hey, I'm I'm gonna be late. Can we do six? Like okay, sure. I'm just hanging downtown. I might as well stay and do more work. Another text at five forty five. Hey, I'm so sorry. I need to do six thirty. I promise I'll buy you a drink. So I was like, okay, whatever. Like I kind of expected him to buy the drinks anyways, but whatever. He's he's making an effort. That's kind of what I thought. Meet at six thirty. I have this really awkward conversation. He doesn't ask me any questions as me which is kind of a pet peeve of mine is when when someone doesn't show interest in you. Like, what's the point? You just want to talk about yourself? There should be kind of this dialogue going on. And then is a boring conversation. I learned all about his life. Don't remember any of it. Um, and then at the end of the date, he didn't even pay for my drink. And I was just like, this was such a freaking waste of my time. I just waited an hour after work. You didn't buy me a drink. You didn't care to know about me. I'm done. <laughs> like that was that was pretty bad to me. Was the bar at least nice? Do you no. remember where it was? Yeah, I do remember. It was a bar called Public School downtown. It's honestly just like a restaurant that serves beer. I love public school. Yeah, that's kind of the worst one. Um Well, I'm glad you did not end up with him. <laughs> he sounds terrible, but <laughs> You know, you're in a great relationship now with the person I introduced you to, so that's great. Um, I was wondering for you, when do you think the honeymoon phase ended? I feel like arguably someone might think like, oh, she's still in it. She's in nine months, you know, they're still getting to know each other. Um, So I kind of need to think about what or maybe we need to kind of define what that honeymoon phase is. Is it just like periods of infatuation or is it a period where maybe they're just all you think about, but not in an infatuated way? Is it a period of always wanting to be together? Like, what do you think it is, Mia? I feel like there are multiple phases. So we'll say like the main phase or the first phase is like the chase. Second phase is like the honeymoon. Once you're in an established relationship, then there's actually another phase it's called the storming phase which is like where you kind of you get all your it's like the phase after the honeymoon phase where you realize it's not a honeymoon and like you actually have differences and like you fight a lot um and then there's the plateau um and then hopefully there's no breaking point but there may be but um i mean the honeymoon phase for my relationship like probably lasted it was just everything was great we didn't fight um we just like always wanted to spend time together. We were always sending like really lovey-dovey texts. And then there was definitely a phase where we were fighting a lot. And there are still moments where we do fight, but it's like there was a phase where we were fighting a lot. And then, I mean, it's college too. So, you know, I, I studied abroad my junior year. That was definitely a reoccurring, um, a second round, you could say, of the storming phase where we were fighting a lot just because... I was in Europe, he was here, and it was just like communication, long distance, all that jazz was hard. And I feel like now we're just like in this plateau phase where it's like we're so comfortable with each other, we rarely fight. Um, and it's just like 
it is just life, you know, like we don't, we don't send as many lovey-dovey texts, but we're also just like better at just cohabitating. Like we've worked out the kinks of our relationship, so it's just like more natural. I think for my current relationship, it probably lasted like three months, but this is because we were in the same social circle, went to the same college, we saw each other every single day, and I think that to a new couple, that doesn't seem like a lot of time, but actually watching your relationship, Leah, seeing how much time you spent together, I was like, oh God, how can like how can you stand each other? <laughs> but that's how it was for me and my boyfriend. We just saw each other a lot. So, you know, more time to see each other is really just more opportunity to realize little things about them. You don't like things that they do that annoy you and more opportunity to fight, honestly. So we fought a lot after that, like established most couples do. I think for me... I didn't really see it as a problem because I had had a boyfriend previously for almost two years. So I knew this was a normal thing. Like my friend had told me when we were talking about relationships that she thinks if you're fighting with your significant other, that means you care about them. And I think that's really true. You wouldn't put an effort to fight with someone if you didn't care about them. Like why would get so worked up over something? So I didn't think see it as a big deal. But my boyfriend who hadn't really had a serious girlfriend before or any girlfriend really – he thought it was the biggest problem in the world. He, he thought if we're fighting so much, there's no way we can date. And I told him it's really just a phase, but it was really hard to convince him that it wasn't a forever thing. And, you know, of course, like any couple, we got through it. We got to the plateau phase. Um, and I think since he was so inexperienced, he kind of also saw the plateau phase as a negative. He thought our relationship isn't how it was before. Why is that? And I had to kind of explain to him, you know, Look at your parents. You think they've been married for so long. Do you think they're where they are now when they first met? There's no way. There's just feelings change, people change. And I actually took a relationships class in college and you learn that romantic love, after it's been fostered for long enough, it becomes a, like a companion love. You, It's kind of like when you love your dog. You know, your dog has been there for you so long. When they're a puppy, you get happy with them. You're really angry with them. You think they're so cute. You just want to cuddle them all the time. And like, as you get older, they're just, they've been your lifelong friend. You grow old together. And so that's what's meant to happen. So I kind of had to sit him down and like explain that to him. Like, you know, well, first of all, we haven't been dating that long. So stop being so dramatic. But also, I think you have to realize that it's not a bad thing to be comfortable. I think some people get really uncomfortable with the fact that they're getting so comfortable they think that plateauing is a bad thing but I think in the case of romantic relationships it's not so despite my relationship kind of being on the shorter end compared to you guys I kind of think that I've noticed like it comes in waves like maybe I go through the honeymoon the storming the plateau and then it kind of starts again like the honeymoon the storm plateau it just kind of repeats itself like in itself um but do you guys have any tips or experience on how you've moved past it? Because I think it is common that Kat, as Kat said, that sometimes people feel uncomfortable in the comfort of being in a relationship and maybe being at that plateau stage. So what have you ever felt like you were uneasy with that stage in your relationship and how did you move past it? Well, actually, I also learned this in my relationships class, but um, a way to get over that is to just do new experiences together because new experiences, whether or not you're doing with a significant other, is stimulating enough. So when you do it with that person, you're kind of building this 
experience together and it's kind of it gets your adrenaline rushing you know it it kind of makes you curious about things and makes things more exciting but I think for me honestly I'm one of those people who likes stability and like being comfortable so the plateau stage is all gravy for me you know this it's more like the the storming that's like the storming stage that's the problem but I know that it's essential and that's just how you get to know each other that's how you understand how they think and how to cope with them being angry about something or sad about something so for me the plateau is really just it's when you sit back and relax you know yeah I'm with Kat the plateau is like my bread and butter it's like I feel like the relationship's no effort. You're having fun. You're enjoying everything. Obviously, no one likes fighting, so the storming phase is always hard. But one thing that my boyfriend and I always do when we're fighting is, like, we will take multiple days apart where we don't talk at all, um, where we just, like, sort of self-reflect on the fight or whatever we're disagreeing about. Um, and we've done this a lot of the times when we're, like, we can't come to an agreement and we can't like compromise where we'll just be like okay we need a few days to like think things over like let's just like not talk and then when one of us is ready to like bring stuff up like we'll come back and we'll share those um and that's always really helped us get through those fights because one it's like when you're not with someone it's you kind of remember what it's like not to be with them so like you definitely find ways to compromise because you're like I don't want to be like this I guess long term like if this compromise means I get to be with this person then like I'm willing to make that so we found that that helps with coming to an agreement but also I think it's important to like remember that you are a person outside of your relationship and like like this relationship whether it lasts forever or not like you'll still be here as a person and so like it's important to have those opinions and those thoughts so taking time away from your relationship has always just benefited us um but yeah that's how we get through storming I mean like I said plateau is easy it's fun it's like everything's good you're not fighting you're just kind of like comfortable so yeah I like that perspective I feel like I don't know I feel like I'm kind of a newbie in long-term relationships because this is my longest relationship Mm -hmm. um the past ones have been fairly short and so I think the plateau is something that has always scared me away I think it's also from my dating experience on apps it's kind of like those are always short-lived and so the idea of plateauing with someone who you are so infatuated with right off the bat is scary so I think that's just kind of a different positive perspective on like a common relationship um, experience or stage in stage in the relationship would you say that you have gone through or which of the phases do you think that you've gone through like fully in your current relationship. I know you said you like cycle through them, but like which ones have you experienced and like how do you feel about them? Currently, I, f- I feel like we've gone through the honeymoon phase for sure. Probably parts of storming, but I just bicker all the time with anyone. So that's just my, that's just natural to me. And then there are times where like we plateau, it might be a week or so where I just kind of want my own space or I just need to communicate him, to, um, communicate that to him. So it's kind of just a cycle. But I think with dating online, just to make that connection, those happen so quick. Like the infatuation, the honeymoon phase is when I initially meet them until maybe the point where we hook up. And then after that, it's like the plateau 
where you're just kind of like, oh, you want to hang out? Okay, well, you can come over. And then after that is the storm where things just kind of fall through. So it's almost like a, a different timeline almost. Um, so that's kind of my experience, which is a little bit different. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I can see why people are so hesitant to start off so quickly because they'll think it, it will die just as quickly. Um, but I think Mia brought up a really interesting point about how when you're fighting with your boyfriend, you kind of take time off and you think about, you know, is this really worth not having this person? So I kind of wanted to steer the conversation towards compromising. And as I brought up in a previous really, in a previous episode, I had a very toxic relationship uh, for about two years and I feel like all my friends around me who knew who I was did not understand why I was sacrificing so much for this one person because a lot of my friends will tell you I'm I'm basically a bitch. I'm pretty aggressive. I will if I don't like something, I will tell you. I will not just be passive about it. But with this boy, I was just so passive about everything. I just kind of let him walk all over me and I just kept compromising and I really wasn't sure why I did that but I think when you have a significant other it's hard to explain why you're so willing to just give up everything for them and I mean for a friend you would do anything for them but it's not like you would give up parts of yourself so that they're happy you'd be like well you're you're my friend so you wouldn't ask me to do that but I guess I wanted to ask you guys have you ever compromised too much for someone What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSConsumeraccess.org number 3030. And Anne, why do you think we do that? So I think that um, kind of ties into like an unhealthy versus a healthy relationship is when you feel like you're compromising parts of yourself for the other person. I think that's kind of what makes the, the tie to being unhealthy and maybe not as good for yourself because you are, as Mia said, your own person outside of your relationship. So you you can't give that up. And then when you do, that's a point where you need to self-reflect and maybe realize that it's not the best for you. Yes. Again, like I would say that my current relationship is my first real relationship. But prior to that, like I comp- compromised myself a lot with like the people that I was choosing to spend time with. It was just like I was – being whatever they wanted me to be. Like if they texted, I was there, you know? It was like, I wasn't putting myself first. And that's what I mean. Like you are your own person outside of your relationship. Like I did compromise my own happiness and my own well-being just to like be what these other guys wanted me to be, you know? So, I mean, it, it comes in all shapes and forms, but yeah, I've done it. And it, you don't you don't leave feeling very good about yourself. 
I totally agree with that, Mia. I feel like sometimes you think that the best thing is to be whatever that person wants. Like obviously in a relationship, you want to be perfect for that person. So sometimes we'll just do that even though that's not in our best interest. And in the end, you just have to realize being selfish is kind of the best thing you could do because you're not faking it. You're not lying to this person about who you are. So I think for me, that was a big part of it. I just wanted it to work so badly. Looking back, it was never going to work. I just kind of prolonged it. I kind of prolonged that storming slash plateau phase. The storming was kind of our plateau phase, which is the sad thing. But I think sometimes you just have to realize when you need to give up. Like you just have to recognize that giving up on this relationship is not necessarily giving up on yourself it's doing something for yourself so to anyone out there that's in a toxic relationship right now or if you're constantly unhappy with this person I think you need to really look at it from a a non-biased perspective and think will this relationship actually benefit both of these people because if the answer is no then there's no reason for you to stay in it very well put very well put (laughs) um okay Why don't we shift a little bit and talk about, um, because we are in relationships, like we've found different aspects of our partner attractive at different points, just speaking from experience. But um, besides, I mean, well, I guess we can talk about physical attributes, but besides physical attributes, like what is attractive for you when you're looking for someone? So I think it's kind of funny thinking about this because you can list so many things that you find attractive, but when you ultimately look at it, it might not be when you look at um, the person you end up with. It might not be exactly what you have on your list. It might be actually something completely different, but so which is just always interesting to note. But for me, I think physically, I really like teeth. <laughs> is that weird? Weird I mean, flex, but okay. I mean, as Leah knows, the first thing I'll say about a guy that I meet is, wow, he has nice eyebrows, so... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't think that's weird at all. Because if they have nice teeth, they have a nice smile, you know? Hair for me, I guess. <laughs> but that is rough because my boyfriend just shaved his head. So. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's so funny because Mia's boyfriend has a shaved head. My boyfriend's it's not, never it's had... It's not bald, but it's shaved. It's like a buzz cut. <laughs> my boyfriend has fine teeth, but he's never had braces. So, I mean, it's not like that ideal, like, perfect white smile, which is, like, what I kind of find attractive. And Kat's boyfriend doesn't <laughs> have eyebrows. <laughs> Sorry. So we've all we've all sort of compromised on (laughs) on what we find attractive. But yeah, it's it's kind of funny that you could list everything, but in the end, there's so much more past physical. Um, Well, here's something interesting. I would say, like, so before my boyfriend, I had not been attracted to Asian people, and he's the first Asian person that I had ever been attracted to. I honestly had only ever been attracted to white guys, honestly. Probably because of the way that I was raised, but like, I still like, and he says the same thing about me. Like, I'm the first Asian that he's dated too, which is just super strange. He'd only dated like Hispanic and white girls. So it's it's just strange like to think that, I mean, you have what you're attracted to, but it's like, it can so easily go the opposite direction without any control. Which is why dating apps can be such a scam sometimes, because you... You never know what they're really like (laughs) outside of their appearance. (laughs) That's true. You know, sometimes it's interesting to think about if everyone in the world was blind, what kind of person would you end up with, you know? Mm. I feel like you'd have to be... (laughs) 
Cat hitting us with the existential questions. That's for the end of the episode, Cat. <laughs> I feel like you, the voice would be the only thing you could yeah. possibly be attracted. I guess the touch of their body, maybe, but that's feel the rolls. <laughs> yeah, that is dad bod season. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> so, outside of physical, do you have any maybe personality attributes or just things that are kind of not physical that you find or find attractive? Mm. I think. I mean, I can say, you know, what everyone would say. They're nice, they're funny, whatever. But I think the biggest one for me is if they're good with kids. Because kids, or, you know, you could say dogs. Because kids and dogs are both very pure. They don't, they, they're not tainted with, like, what's, like, a good person and a bad person. But they can tell. I think they can tell. So, you know, if a, if a person I'm dating is not good with kids, I kind of question who they are as a person, you know? It's like when a dog doesn't, like, like someone you just know that they have a reason and it goes past like them being what they look like or you know what I mean or how they act yeah like if your dog was barking at your boyfriend that's kind of a bad sign I'm just gonna say (laughs) so Mia you have dogs and a boyfriend boyfriend. (laughs) it would have been a game changer if my boyfriend didn't get along with my dogs that's what I'm saying honestly he came to visit me and uh, where I'm from and in New York and um, my dog likes to sleep in the bed with me and it freaked him out like my boyfriend was just like I don't want him sleeping in the bed with us like it's just weird and I was like no like this is his bed too like he's gonna sleep with us and he was just like very uncomfortable with it and I was like is this right like am I no I'm kidding but um yeah it was like I definitely have come head to head with him I'm like you have to like my animals otherwise this isn't gonna work but no, okay, back to the attributes. Um, well, I, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, there's probably a lot that we love about our boyfriends. But um, the two that come to mind for me is that, one, my boyfriend has always just been, like, so non-judgmental when it comes to me. Like, he's never judged how I'm feeling or what I look like or, you know, what I wear or anything. Like, anytime I've had something, he's just, like, accepted it. And maybe he doesn't agree with it, but he's always just been non-judgmental about it. So for me, that was big because I feel like I had a lot of self-image issues and like he helped a lot with that, with my identity too. So um, that was always a big one. And then also, the, the so the second one is always that he's always, I guess, thinking what's in my best interest. And I know these two are very selfish of me, but it's true. Like he is always thinking of like what I would want. And sometimes he even knows what I want before I want it, which is kind of creepy. But yeah, he's always just, he always just has my best interest at heart, which is like, I think it's so selfless. And so like, for me, those are two things that have always like made me love him. It's just like that he's so selfless about those two things. But what about you, Leah? I think I'm very similar in that the non-physical attributes are definitely more geared towards how they make me feel. So it's almost just like a state of their being or their presence almost. Um, not not much so like they're nice or they have a good personality. It's more like how they make me feel that comes naturally to them because I never want to make them, f- whoever I'm dating, my current boyfriend, make them feel like it's hard for them to understand me or to do these things naturally. So it's just kind of like something that comes naturally to them. And for me, that is along the lines of what Mia said. And it's just kind of pure acceptance and um, making me feel safe, just as I am an emotional person. So someone who can accept my emotions or maybe without fixing them, without having that need to fix them and just kind of let me be emotional is something that's very important to me. 
That's an interesting point you bring up because um, one of my favorite YouTube comedians, her name's Anna Akana, she made an episode about advice she got from her dating coach and she would, whenever she went on a date, she would tell her dating coach, oh yeah, this guy is great, he does this, he, you know, he likes this, all these like facts about him, but the dating coach said, okay, but how did he make you feel? And Anna was just kind of taken aback by that question she couldn't answer it because she was just so focused on learning about him that she didn't sit and realize like am I comfortable around this person am I happier around this person so I think that's a really important thing in a relationship is just simply their presence if it has an effect on you and what that effect is very well said um on the flip side do we kind of have any deal breakers that we have like maybe something that we see in someone be it physical or non-physical where we're just like oh gosh I don't think I could be with this person long term or at all for me physically it's cankles I know that's such a weird thing but I can I don't think I could date someone with cankles it just does not look good to me and it it really turns me off as weird as it is but that's my physical kind of deal breaker I'm, I'm really sorry if you have kinkles. Just, I'm so sorry. Just don't say what kinkles is and maybe no one will know. <laughs> True. It sounds like what it is. <laughs> what about you, Mia? Anything? Um, I mean, it, it hit me pretty rough when he shaved his head. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, he, so he's like sort of, he has premature balding like many men do. It's fine. But yeah, when he shaved his head, that was a hard break for me. But not a deal breaker. It's just like. It's just something new for me to get used to because I had only known him for like five years of like this person with a head of hair and all of a sudden it shaved. So it was a lot. But um, no, I think probably like physical, physical deal breakers for me. And this is like, again, also very shallow is like I can't do earrings and I can't do butt chins. (laughs) But honestly, those like anything else, like any piercings I can't do and I can't do butt chins, but. Besides that, you can be fat, skinny, I don't care. <laughs> For me, it actually also is hair, the deal breaker, because I have two brothers and they both have always shaved their heads. So actually, my younger brother has long hair now. It's pretty nice. but Some I avatar just, vibes. Yeah, if they had, you know, maybe if they had a tattoo of an arrow on their head, I'd make an acceptance, but I don't know. <laughs> but I think another deal breaker for me is Okay, I honestly can't do the stash. Like, if it's a mustache with, like, a beard, fine. If it's, like, a goatee, fine. But if it's just the stash, no hair anywhere else on their face, I'm like, dude, I, are you, like, are you Sherlock Holmes? Like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> For me, non-physical attributes that are kind of deal breakers, it's the flip side of what I said, or they make me feel like I'm comfortable with them, that I can be myself. And I think Ultimately, it comes down to their selfishness. So if I, if someone I'm dating is selfish and can't think about maybe me for a second, how I might be influenced by something, that's an absolute deal breaker for me. And that's just something that I don't think I would be able to put up with in a relationship. For me, like deal breakers, non-physical are just like if they show any sort of aggression or violence like that's an absolute deal breaker just won't stand for it um and then like just to reiterate what leah said like if they don't make me feel good about myself then like i'm probably not making them feel good about themselves so it's probably just not gonna work so for me it's just like i don't tolerate any aggression and i don't tolerate just like not caring for someone else you know just like not being nice to someone 
I think for me it's actually tolerance. Like I cannot date someone who's closed-minded. I don't care if you have a different opinion, but you have to be able to listen to my opinion and respect it because if you don't respect my opinion, why should I respect you, honestly? So my boyfriend is on the more conservative side and I'm on the more liberal side being from Hawaii and living in LA. And I think we had we had some good debates about those things. He's also religious and I'm not. So, you know, we always debate about why is God real? How do you know God is real? And I think it's pretty funny how, not funny, but it's just, when people get so worked up about things and I'm like, I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. I just want to see how you think and I want to see how you counter how I think. So I think we've gotten to a good balance. He used to get really worked up when I was like, yeah, there is no God. And he'd be like, what do you mean? Like he gets so mad at me. And I'm like, okay, chill. Like I can believe what I want to believe. And the more you yell at me, the more I'm going to like not want to be on your side, you know? So I think definitely being open-minded, trying to understand things that Maybe they've never tried to understand before. Um, he, Since he grew up pretty conservatively, he didn't really understand much about the LGBT community. And I think I don't blame him for not wanting to learn about it because the people you're around have a lot to do with how you feel and how you think. So I just took that opportunity to really educate him on it. And the more he learned about it, the more he was open to it, the more he saw, you know, what this community was and why he should care for it and why he shouldn't be so prejudiced against it. And I just, it made me really happy to see him grow in that way and to become more accepting of other people and really just understanding that sometimes, you know, you grow up learning things and it's not always the right thing. So Kat, as you were saying, like religion, that's like something that comes up in your relationship. I think that's a good segue into um, discussing like marriage because I feel like we have some pretty strong opinions about marriage and um, why it might not be the best marker for achievement when it comes to a relationship. So um, I guess what are your or Leah? Why don't, why don't we start with you? What are your opinions on marriage and like what place should it have in a relationship like yours? Well, I don't know. I feel like to me. My parents were married. They divorced when I was in high school, but I do kind of have memories of them being married. And so I do think marriage in my eyes is an end goal, if that makes sense, into a relationship. I just kind of do view it as something that happens naturally when you're with someone for a long period of time. So whether or not I get married to my current boyfriend, I don't know. But just in general, I think marriage is something that I see for myself down the line. Do you think that when you're dating someone, you dictate your relationship based on if you can see yourself marrying them? Not at all. I think that's too much pressure for it. When people change, you're not the same person you were yesterday or two weeks ago or a year ago. So it's really hard to make that call in the present for your future. And I don't think that's realistic for yourself. But I think it's just as relationships in general grow, you either grow together or you grow apart. And there's that that stage of age which I think plays a big role in it as well of growing together where you realize maybe marriage works for me or maybe it is something that it turns into I feel like marriage just has this this kind of inflated meaning honestly to people of our generation because I can see some girls who have been dating their boyfriends for a long time just expecting them to propose or just waiting for it to happen and I don't think 
you should really have that expectation because if you're dating this person and you love them and you can see them as a long-term partner, why are you so eager to just tie the knot if the knot will be tied eventually you know so for me and Leah three girls from our high school last week got engaged and I just kind of was thinking I feel like your marriage is like the peak of your life almost you know some people have kids to give their life more purpose I mean some people actually want kids but I feel like a lot of times marriage is where you're the happiest when you get married on your wedding day so why even rush that why have that so early if you know it will happen eventually I almost feel like having this ring just brings this huge sense of security to people and it doesn't make sense to me because you should be secure with that person already for being in a relationship as long as I have been when I tell people that I've been with my current boyfriend for like five and a half years the first question out of anyone's mouth is oh you're gonna marry him and I hate this question for so many reasons but Honestly, for the reasons that both Leah and Kat have said, which is like, I just don't think it's something I should know at, you know, 24 years old. And I think just because I don't know, that doesn't diminish my relationship in any sense. Like, we still love each other, but like, just because I don't know if I'm going to get married to him doesn't mean, doesn't take away from that relationship at all. And I think for me, the goal isn't marriage, it's just to be happy in that current relationship. Um, and I mean, truthfully, like, I don't really think as humans we are meant to be with one person for our entire life. Like, I think we can love a lot of people in our life. And I think just marriage puts this old-fashioned seal of exclusivity that doesn't necessarily apply nowadays. Um, That isn't to say that I don't see myself one day marrying my current boyfriend, but I just don't see it as, like, our lifelong goal. I think our lifelong goal is just to be happy together. And if that ever fades or stops, like we'll go our separate ways knowing that like we gave this relationship everything. If that makes sense. As someone who's been in a long-term relationship and maybe you also have friends that you know who are getting engaged or are married, do you ever feel pressure? Like maybe society, maybe just internally, even though like you know at your core that it's not something you're considering now, but when you kind of see other people and how they're kind of have that label on it, does it make you feel pressured at all? Personally, no. I, I don't feel any pressure to get married or have kids for that matter. Like I don't I don't see myself on that sort of timeline. Um, like we I we've my boyfriend and I have attended a bunch of our friends' weddings at this point and like I've never felt any of that pressure to ask him to get married or even pressure him to propose like it's just not on our radars at this point I think we're both really focused on our careers at this point and like that's where our our focus should be um but like in the meantime we love being together and that's that's fine and that's what it is um but no yeah I don't feel pressure to get married um or have children I think like the best example and I don't mean to just like bring this onto another couple is like there's these youtubers Bart and Gio and they got married after being together for like honestly decades and they just got married as sort of this like celebration of their love it wasn't like this extravagant wedding or the extravagant proposal it was just like hey we've been together for a decade like let's just get married and so they had this like really low-key wedding in like Hawaii with just their friends and family and that's like sort of where I see myself if I ever got married it would just be one of those situations where you've been with someone so long it just feels like you want to celebrate your love together and that's it like that's how I sort of view it 
that's interesting because earlier I said I kind of maybe posed it more as maybe you grow together, maybe you don't. But I do kind of like have an, a different view that that if you don't know it will end in marriage at a certain point in your life. I feel like it's almost not worth staying in it, which is I don't know. It's a weird thought because I mean, my parents got divorced and they were married. And I know marriage in general isn't the final goal for everyone, but I do sometimes do feel pressure when I see other weddings or engagements. I'm just like, wow, they're so young and they found this person. And the negative voice in me is also thinking, well, how long will this last? Um, are they truly happy? Did they rush this? And I mean, all you see is what you see on Facebook and Instagram. So it's never really my call. But sometimes I do feel pressured. Like I'm not at that stage of happiness that I see. So it just makes me question, will I ever be? And will that ever be an end for me? I think for a happy marriage or really just a happy long relationship, it's important to be more than just romantic partners. It's really important to be friends. Like if you can strip away all the romance and you're still you still have a relationship with this person, I think I think it will always last cuz friendship lasts fairly longer than a regular relationship. Um, but I also agree with Mia that I don't really believe in the one per se. I think that you can love many people in your lifetime maybe this love is the same maybe it's different but I also think that there's not going to be a time where you're only attracted to your significant other that's impossible like you meet people where maybe you really like their personality or you really like the way they look or you really admire them in this one way and I think the thing about relationships is even though you're attracted to all these other people, you still want to be committed to this one person. And I think that's what makes this person different from all the other people. So yes, you can love more than one person. You can be attracted to more than one person. But at the end of the day, it's who's the one you would kind of just want to be by your side through all of that. So I think that's that's kind of what defines a relationship. Like I feel like there are people out there who cheat on their partner, but I think you'll find that if you ever ask them if they regret it, they would totally say that they regret this one night with this one person they were attracted to to break up a beautiful relationship that they've built. It's not worth leaving something that you've built with someone and that you've fostered for all this time. Do you think that you approach love the same way that you grew up with love from like your family or your your parents like do you think that you approach love in the same way they did so my parents actually didn't like each other when they first met um my dad thought my mom was kind of a bitch because <laughs> my mom's really like quirky and she can be really sarcastic but and my dad's he was a really well he still is he's a really kind of soft-spoken quiet person so they actually uh, worked in the same lab and she was she was just herself and it rubbed him the wrong way and whatever but honestly Uh, my best friend's parents who went to college with my parents said that they always knew my parents were going to end up together because of the way they bickered. They knew that they liked each other. They knew they were attracted to each other. And for me, I think in a relationship, I think it's, it's something that I like having in a relationship is being able to just tease each other and being able to just make jabs at each other. But you know, that's how you show love. And I think that is how I show love to my significant other or even to my friends really is I just kind of kind of shit on them all the time it's just what I do but if you're able to take that and you're able to do it back to me I think we have like a good dynamic going on um I do really want a relationship the way my parents have theirs where they're just really best friends um I've actually never seen my parents kiss before 
which whenever I tell people that, they're like, what? Like, really? And never, not even in like maybe in their wedding picture, but like that's it. So I think just seeing them be best friends with each other and seeing how much they just care about each other and want to help each other as much as best friends do, that's really what I seek in a relationship. And I think I kind of struggle between thinking that your significant other should complete you because I really think you should be complete on your own. But I do see times when my dad makes up for qualities that my mom lacks or kind of softens her edges, I guess you could say. Like if she's being too harsh about something or too stressed about something, he'll help her with that. So I really just think as long as your relationship is beneficial and as Mia said, you're your own person. Like you don't you don't necessarily have to change for your significant other unless you want to, you know. But I think as long as that relationship works, then it's good. I think I do love others in the same way that my mom loved me. So that's kind of my experience of love is not how I viewed it with them, but how she kind of loved me. And so that was in a very like selfless way, which I think is what I talked about, like my ideal non-physical attribute uh, and how she was just so selfless like she always thought what was in my best interests I think that also comes naturally as a parent um, but just the way that she showed me those actions and treated me and even as an adult she still does these things and just encourages me with unconditional support love and she's always there when I need her that's kind of how I love others and that's what I expect from others too if they love me um yeah so my mom was a single parent so I obviously never saw her with like a husband or anything like that so I couldn't take notes per se from like her relationships but I do know from like growing up hearing stories about her past and failed relationships like it definitely taught me lessons about what I wanted and like if you ever met my boyfriend and I like we're honestly very different people and like we come from very different backgrounds and I think that's just a result of my mom emphasizing in relationships like just find someone who like loves you for you Um, and I know that's super generic and super cliched but it's true it's like hearing about all her failed relationships and like how terribly she was treated by all these different men I just knew like my end game was just finding someone that treated me well like I didn't care if they were educated or had a good job or you know came from a good family like my end goal is just to find someone who could just accept me for me and treated me right and so those um those requirements for me were always just like so prioritized that you know it it really didn't matter everything else for me what they looked like where they were from so um that's kind of what I took from growing up with my mom and and again she loved me unconditionally so that's just ingrained in me but yeah it's really interesting how we sort of learn to love from our parents I think that's really good that you you learned this and you just took it to heart because I feel like a lot of people including me struggle with trying to compromise that will be like oh maybe they treat us like really badly but they have this this and this but at the end of the day none of that will amount to how well they treat you yeah I think at the end of the day what you said was best which is you're looking for a friend that you can spend the rest of your life with and that's the core of it. If a friend te- treats you well, then that's that's all you could ask for. So. so it sounds like we all come from experiences of love, whether it be clearly between our parents' relationships, maybe how they treat us, or maybe just what we've observed. Uh, we all have experienced love. We're currently in love. It's something that we we cherish. 
So we hope you enjoyed listening to our discussion on relationships. And maybe you agree with us. Maybe you have different perspectives. We would love to hear them. So follow us on Instagram, yappyhour.podcast. And we have new episodes lined up every Tuesday now. They will be released on Tuesdays. So follow us and stay tuned for our next topics. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.